Welcome to Creatives on the Rise, the podcast taking you deep inside the minds of creative entrepreneurs who successfully navigated the difficult path of turning their side hustles into full throttle careers. I'm your host, Leticia Rising, and I'll be your guide through this journey. Hey everyone, welcome to Creatives on the Rise. I'm your host, Leticia Rising. And thank you for joining me. Uh, So this season, we've really been trying to mix it up, mix up the topics um, between, you know, some really great interviews with amazing entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs who have made that jump, made that transition, and then also layer it with a lot of the topics that you're saying that you want to learn more about. Um, The last three topics that, you know, I've kind of broken down have really been around the business of creative entrepreneurship, understanding things like brand sponsorships and, and, and just regular event sponsorships, how you can secure high value ones um, from all the way into, you know, understanding creative rights transferable skills, how you can use all of those things as resources to help to elevate you, your craft, your career, whatever it is that you're doing, right? And so I received a lot of really great feedback over the last few episodes about these topics that we've been covering this season and really starting the conversation about creative rights, especially in the digital age and how you can, you as a creative can utilize these tools and these resources in this, you know, amalgamation of all of this, these things that are out there right now to create and craft your own plan that's going to help you get to that level um, in your career. So this episode, you know, I'm really going to be breaking down the use of data and how you could use it as a creative entrepreneur various ways, right? In the, in the podcast and the episode about brand sponsorships, I got a little bit into it about how you should be like monitoring everything. And by no means am I trying to turn you guys into analysts, but I do think it's important to have at least a base level of understanding of how data and information is used so that you can then understand your value and what you leverage, right? And so one of the things that we'll be digging into because it's a hot topic right now, it's always a hot topic. It's not only the future of music, it's here. We're going to be talking about streaming, um, how you can take the information that's being collected about you as an artist um, or uh, your brand, from your playlist, various ways that that streaming is used in today's market, how you can take that data that's being collected on, you know, your your streaming platform of choice and then your social media platform and how you can start to use this information to not only secure high value partnerships, but then also make sure that you're expanding your audience so that, you know what, you might not even need high value partnerships down the line because you are generating so much revenue from your direct and immediate audience. So one of the things that we're going to get into today is the difference between having a follower, which is cool, 
and having a fan, which is where you really want to be at, right? So as you, and I hear this all the time, I get this all the time. When people reach out to me, they're like, yo, I have, you know, 20,000, I have 20,000 followers, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. And the question that I always have to them is, you know, why, why does that matter? All right. Like you have 20,000 followers, but what's your engagement? Are they actually engaging with you when you post stuff? Are you interacting with them on a regular basis? Um, to me, I feel like if you're touting a 20,000 follower base, then you should have somewhere between five to 7,000 monthly listeners across your various forms, platforms. And if you don't, then that lets me know one of two things. One, you're not really utilizing the platforms that are available to you to the best of your ability. And two, you're really not doing things that are going to be um, in, going to bring you success and generate revenue for you long term. Right. And so how do I know that? Because if you have 20,000 followers on any given social media site, but that's not translating to five to 7,000 monthly listeners on the platforms, then you're not engaging them and they're not fans. They're passive viewers and you don't want passive viewers, right? I'd rather an artist and we have artists like we, we work with the agency, like we work with so many different artists um, as a whole. Right. And we work with some who have, you know, upwards of 50,000 to 100,000 followers. And then we work with people who have, you know, a thousand followers or, you know, less than that. But one of the things that is very consistent across those various audiences is the fact that they have a very high engagement rank um, percentage, no matter what, what end of the spectrum they fall on, right? So to me, what I expect is somewhere between 20 to 25% of an engagement rank, which is a lot higher than industry standard. Right, right now, industry standard is about 5%, 5 to 10%. My expectation of the artists that we work with and what we're shooting for and creators that we shoot for is in that 20 to 25% range. And the reason being is that that 25 to 25% range, no matter where you fall on the audience per spectrum, is that it's going to tell brands one thing, right? Is that people are actually going to buy from you, right? People are invested and engaged with you. Um, and they want to know what you're selling. They're tuning in consistently. And then we want to take that audience that you've built and that you're building, and we want to then retarget them across various platforms. Right? If you, if you are, you know, Spotify is your DSP of choice, then, and you're getting 7,000 unique listeners per month, then you need to be retargeting them 
with direct stuff from your newsletter, right? Utilizing the ad studio. But why does any of that matter? And that's the question that I constantly get is why does it matter, right? And again, I'm not trying to turn you into analysts, not trying to say that data is important, but uh, because I believe that streaming is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, Streaming alone is not going to get you the kind of money as an artist that you want to see. But performing alone is also not going to get you the kind of success that you want. And content alone, you know, like all of these things separately are not going to get the types of results that people want. But collectively, right, it turns into a whole different story because you're making money from various ends of the funnel. So one of the things that kind of like I always say is that streaming is the queen of all things, right? It's crazy right now. There's an onslaught and influence across the charts. Providing the reach metrics now becomes that much more important to the ongoing success of the music industry. And major labels, they know and understand this. Like literally every major label as we're speaking right now has a team of at least five to 10 analysts reviewing streaming data, identifying insights to provide direction for upcoming releases because data is the new oil and the future belongs to those who know how to accurately mine that oil. So independent artists and labels can't really compete with blanket spend. I'm not telling you to go out and just put $10,000 on an advertising campaign. That is an ineffective use of your money, and I would strongly advise against it. But you can be very targeted once you understand your audience. You can be very targeted on the spin that you do have and then use that to your advantage to figure out a strategy strategy that's going to make you even better. So analyzing trends is a full-time job. I do it all the time, like every day. Um, Knowing how to use the data and then what to look for is probably the last on list of everybody. So whenever I'm talking to an artist or an artist team, because, you know, I consult with various labels, um, and the three things that are top of mind in terms of, you know, goals are increased streams and followers, increase engagement and book more shows. So today I'm breaking down how independent artists and their teams can use the amounts of data already at their disposal to plot effective strategies to achieve your goal. So as we get into it, right, like there's going to be some terms that I'll use. I'll also, you know, break down a lot of really great resources that you can utilize in order to make this job a little bit easier for you. Um, I'll be talking about a few of our partners and how they have made this process a little bit easier for us and then pointing you in the direction of of those as well. But that's going to come after the break um, in a word from our sponsor. (music) 
Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you own a business or you know someone who does. And you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats. I know when I first started the agency, I wore all of the hats. Some of them were really cool, but some like filing taxes and running payroll, for example, not so cool. But that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR easy for small businesses. It's fast, simple payroll processing, benefits, and management tools all in one place. And the best part is Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way small businesses work. But Gusto is. So let them wear one of your many hats. You have better things to do. Listeners can get three free months when they run their first payroll. So try your demo free and see for yourself at gusto.com slash creatives. That's gusto.com slash creatives. All right, so we're going to jump into it, you know, looking at the goals and then looking at looking at the goals that were mentioned, right? How do you increase your streams and followers? increase the engagement, and book more shows. So regardless of the platform, here what I'm breaking down is just like practical applications of usage of data in order to build a strategy. And my number one rule in in everything, in anything that you do, is to focus on your audience, right? Understand that. Demographics are defined as the set of characteristics relating to the structure of populations. But for artists and their teams, this relates to the structure of your audience. So you'll want to ask and answer five questions. Who is listening? What are they listening to? Where are they listening from? When are they listening? And how long are they listening? These are the questions to review when you're formulating the strategy, right? This can help influence the types of partners you seek out, markets you should perform in, and where it makes sense to target campaigns in the future. And once you have those questions, right, then you can start getting into key insights. Once you understand the demographics of the audience, these can then be utilized to plot the course using insights gained from all of the data that you've been collecting. And whether you have released one song or you've released 200 songs, everything can be used as a tool to get you to the next level, right? So questions that you should be answering during this next phase, through the phase of like identifying key insights, is which song has been the most successful, What are the five cities that the song or the artist was streamed in most? Where did the audience come from, right? Were they direct from your direct, where they just knew you and they were searching for you? Did they come from someone else's profile? Was it a playlist? It's going to matter because sometimes, you know, artists can get a lot of streams on playlists, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those listeners are going to then transition into long-time fans. And that's what you want, right? You want a fan. You want an active listener. You don't want a passive listener. And playlists are what you would fall into the 
into the passive listener, right? They're not tuning into that playlist to hear you. They're tuning into that playlist because they trust the playlist curator and they like the music that's on the playlist, but it's not for you, the artist. That's a passive listener. Active listeners are people who are checking for you. They're coming directly to your profile. They have you saved in their profile as an artist that they want to get alerts on. Those are active listeners. And understanding the balance between the two is going to be very, very important to helping you craft your strategy. So one of the homeworks that I'm going to give you after this is to go to your audience, go to your profile, go to your audience area and look to see where the source of your audience is coming from. Are, is it direct? Is it profile? Is it playlist? And depending on where that's at, it's going to let you know what you need to focus on. And if you have a 40 to 60%, 40% direct, 60% other people's profile, that's good, but you may want to focus on like a 60, a 60, 40 mix, right? 60% of the people are coming directly to you or already have you saved in your profile. And the other 40% are being generated from other areas. And then one of the like key things that I think everyone kind of misses out on when planning strategies is the day of the week. What's the day of the week that you have the most success? Because if it's, um, I know the industry releases tracks on Friday, right? Like we know New Music Friday. It's changed over the years from Tuesday to Friday. But I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of torn about the, the structure of the release, right? Like I understand wanting to release new music on Fridays to be in alignment with everyone else and this industry standard. But I also like the idea of releasing music on the day of the week that your active listeners are going, are most likely to engage with you. Right? So if you go and you look at your stuff and across social media, the day that you get the most traffic is a Wednesday and a Sunday. Why would you release your stuff on a Friday? If you go to your, your DSP profile, Spotify, Apple music, and the day that you get the most engagement are Sundays and Tuesdays, why release your stuff on a Friday? Right? So it's going to be different for everyone right? It, it's not, there's no like end all be all, but typically that's what I'm looking at when I'm thinking about, okay, when should we release this? When we're planning release strategies, it's not always about releasing on a Friday, even though that's really cool. And it's nice to be in that, you know, flow and rollout of tracks. But as independent artists, I say like, why compete when these labels and more established artists are already like spending blanket money. So like you, you're having to compete in a market where you can't. So, you know, the data shows that your fans are listening to music during the midweek point. It probably doesn't make much sense to release songs on Friday when their attention is otherwise occupied by releases from major labels. And 
once you're here, right? So we've looked at the audience. We understand their behaviors. We've looked at the days. We know the cities that, you know, the cities that are popping, your top five to 10. We know the song that had the most streams. We know where they came from. We know the day of the week that they're listening to you, right? Like those are all audience behaviors, all right? So from this point, like once we're here, we're here. This is a great point. This is an amazing point to be in. Once you're here, now you create a strategy that addresses the growth in the areas that we previously identified, streams, followers, bookings, all right? So now that you're here, and, you know, I love the theory of a thousand, right? And this can, this is across any industry, but the theory is, is that if you have 1,000 true fans, that's all you need to be successful and monetize your brand. And what does true fans mean? It means people who will buy your merchandise, attend your shows, engage beyond the streams, and then convince promoters that this artist will actually draw a crowd. These things have changed slightly in this streaming era. Again, we're, we're looking at passive versus active. Um, but the rule of 1K should be the primary focus of any successful strategy. So you want 1,000 active fans who are going to engage with you, buy your merchandise, attend your shows, get out of the house and convince promoters that you're going to draw a crowd. So once you have all of that information, right, and, and now how do we break it down? So taking the demographic information that you've gathered across the, the podcast, you know, here are a few ways that you can now use the data to achieve your goals, right? So if you want to focus on increasing streams, use the day of the week, to determine your release schedule. Easy, right? Use the top 10 cities and the audience demographics to build targeted campaigns leading up to release day. Don't just get started the day that the song comes out, right? You, you, should, you should be starting, I, I tell my artists, at least 30 to 45 days prior to the release is you should be building that audience and nurturing them. So those are kind of the two areas that you want to focus on day of the week. This is the day they're listening to you. That's going to determine the day that you should release. And then the top five to 10 cities that they're list that they're listening in to build targeted campaigns leading up to release day. You can, you can use, you know, targeted campaigns across, across um, the ad studio or social media, or even direct to your website you know, however you want to do, but you, you definitely want to start at least 30 to 45 days before the release. Um, and now if your focus is in increasing engagement across social media, then you'll want to use your audience demographics to connect with them directly. How does this look? It looks like building a newsletter, releasing updates on days that your audience is most likely streaming your music and hint, hint, have their phone in hand. 64%, 64% of people get their music from streaming directly on their phones. That means that they have their phone in hand at all time, right? And then also identify brands who have similar demographics to you 
and pitch collaborations. I don't know why more people don't pitch. I think the worst thing that can happen is you say no. But if you know your audience, is they say no, but if you know your audience, you know what they're looking for, you know how they're checking for you, that gives you some leverage to go to brands and say, hey, I have this amazing idea for, for this the release that I'm doing and I would like to collaborate with you because our demographics look like X, Y, and Z. And 90% of the time, the brand will say yes. They'll come back and say, and it might not be the full scale of what you want to do, but it'll be something and you can start the conversation or it will be no. And that's okay too. You can move on down the line. Um, and then, you know, finally, if you want to book more shows, create a pitch deck, reach out to promoters on the list of top five cities, five to 10 cities and partner with them on shows, like get back to the hand to hand combat, get back to calling up promoters, the teams, Letting them know like, yo, you're, you're popping in your city. I think that we could do something amazing. Here's what I do. Here's how I can breathe. Here are my stats. It looks like I have a lot of listeners that are in your city. What should we do? Um, you know, and that's kind of like, that's just building an effective strategy is just one part of the process. The other part is having quality content and consistency and commitment to the plan that you've created. One of my biggest pet peeves is when we create an amazing plan for an artist. An artist will come to us and say, hey, we have a 90-day release, you know, we, we, we're releasing in 90 days. And we create an amazing mwah, chef's kiss, 90-day strategy for them. And 15 days into the strategy, they abandon it, right? Any effective strategy, you have to nurture and build it and then grow on it. So these are just a little of my tips, a few of my tips in terms of like how to use data to effectively build an, um, a strategy that's going to help to elevate you. And then how do you continue to do that, right? It's just rinse and repeat. Because once you do it one time, you can't just, don't, don't just stop. Please don't just stop. Keep doing it, keep going, keep growing because every single time that you implement, you can then go back and everything that you gained from the, the last campaign, do another campaign and now you're growing and it's building blocks and you start, you know, day one, you might have a hundred and 150 active fans, active listeners, but by day 90, if you're consistent, it's realistic to, to say that you'll have between five to 700 active fans, active listeners. So get engaged, throw some things against the wall, see what sticks, and then keep reiterating. And a couple of people, you know, partners that I really love looking at and resources that have helped me kind of build this knowledge, because again, it's a knowledge base. It's not just something that you wake up one day and it's like, oh, I know all of this stuff. But it is important that knowledge become your best friend. Right? So the artists that I work with, the teams that I work with, I'm, if I read something that's awesome and amazing, I'm sending that out to them if it pertains to them. And I'm sending it out to them and I'm letting them know like, hey, this is where we're at. 
And then I'm going to that next level and that next space. And I'm saying, okay, this makes sense. Did you read it? Did you watch the video? Let's talk about it. What did you learn? And I'm reiterating it, right? So I'm not just, I'm not just going to tell you stuff and not provide you with content that's going to reinforce the context that I'm, that I'm providing to you. So one of the things that I will say is that if you're listening to this, we, we've launched our newsletter, visionaryrising.co, and it has a lot of really great content within that newsletter that's specifically designed for creative entrepreneurs, for labels, for our independent artists, whoever you are, wherever you fall on that spectrum, manager, wherever you fall on that spectrum, we have content that is designed for you and is curated based on who you are. It's going to get the information that you need and get in front of you to help you continue to like build out these effective strategies. So I hope this was beneficial. Hope that it answered your questions in terms of, you know, like how do we, how do we build strategies? Is streaming important? Where do I start? This is really great content that's going to help you to like really to define what that strategy looks like for yourself. And then if you're still don't know, <laughs> you still don't know, you're still having trouble, give us a call, give us a, you know, DM me, we'll get you set up at the agency and we can run through a lot of this stuff with you, have an amazing team who's really kind of dedicated to creating these plans, creating these strategies and helping teams be and being the partner that helps you get to that level and teaches you the, these things. So hope this was helpful. I'll catch y'all on the next show. Peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. That's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let's keep the conversation going online. You can follow me everywhere, Leticia Rising. And make sure that you subscribe and like the podcast as well. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, IG at Creatives Rising. That's Creatives Rising. And if you like us, subscribe, visit us online, and make sure that you're leaving those ratings. Until next time.